yeah, too fast. man. Yeah, they Ooh. don't write them like they used to. There's no doubt about it. It took me back in my mind to the Dick Beyondy. <laughs> <laughs> Oldies, 104.3. That's why you heard the same songs five times a day on that station. Songs were 90 seconds. Jesus. That's all the, that was the attention span back then. We've just gone full circle. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, yakety yak, man. Name the movie. I know in my head it, there's a montage or some sort of cleaning scenario going on. I, I could not I could not pinpoint it in my mind. Give me the movie for the yakety yak. Don't come back, man. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, kindergarten cop? Wearing headphones. He just got off an island. He's in public, driving a car for the first time. Twins! Twins! Wow! Uh, Yes! (laughs) With Danny DeVito. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Great movie, dude. That's so funny. I have not seen that in a long time. I would have never... Gotten that one. And I'm sure Yakety Yak has been used in many movies. It's a classic 90-second gem of a song. No doubt about it, too. Yeah, it's a great tune. Yakety Yak. Yeah, wow. Yakety Yak. They don't write them like they used to. What's a <laughs> little Nas X up to these days? It always uh, reminds me of uh, Twins. Great movie. Yeah, Twins is funny and sad because you find out that, you know, all the good genes went to Arnold and the crap went to Danny DeVito. And then 20 years later, you look in the mirror and you realize you look a lot more like Danny DeVito than Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's right, yeah. Oh, Arnold is Arnold. He's, he's the action star of our lifetimes, man. <laughs> Screw your freedom. Never forget. Yeah. Best part of that movie is when the, the alarm is going off on the Cadillac and he picks up the back end. Yes. Wow. <laughs> it's a great movie. I watched it the other day. Um, you know, I was thinking of uh, outrageously monstrous actors or maybe athletes who have become actors, and you sent me a gem of a clip that blew my mind. Number one, it was from an old sports show that used to be on cable starring Tom Arnold, if anyone remembers. Um, uh, it was... <laughs> if anybody remembers Tom Arnold. Yeah, Jesus I love Christ. Tom Arnold. But So Bubba Smith, who I believe played Hightower on the <laughs> Married with Children episodes. And he, he's, Bubba Smith, I think, was an actor uh, after his football career years. However, you shot me this clip, Mike. It was fantastic, probably from 2002, if I remember reading yeah. it correctly, about the Super Bowl with Joe Namath. Oh, dude, and he says everything we've been saying. And I didn't clip it for the show, but I thought it was an interesting thing to talk about considering we are on the... Super Bowl weekend here, and how there was all this hoopla this past week about how the presence of Taylor Swift either was, uh, I guess if you are on the right side of the conspiracies, uh, you believe Taylor Swift is there to sway the vote in November for Joe Biden, and if you are on the left side of the conspiracies, 
that's the conspiracy you believe in. Um, and so... <laughs> no, I, no, nobody on the right believes she's is political. I know. That's what's killing me. I no. don't know anybody other... Like, everybody I know who's like, oh, yeah, this is clearly rigged and everything. Has nothing to do with Joe Biden winning in November. Or politics. Has everything to do with making money. Yes. Everybody who has been following the storyline that is a man, a chauvinistic white supremacist male um you know we've all been obsessed with taylor the taylor swift storyline simply because it kind of you know made it more obvious how rigged the nfl is the nfl based on court documents is an entertainment league you can look it up yourself they had to claim this they are entertainment they are not technically sports I would argue the only one that is not is the MLB. And soccer. Fuck soccer. (laughs) No, but soccer, one of the most rigged sports in the world is soccer. Yeah, that's true. Good call. Good call. Worldwide for sure. But not in America. Nobody cares enough to rig it. No, we, well, soccer's for pussies, right? Here in America. (laughs) That's how we. (laughs) Yeah, spend all that money. Might as well rig the WNBA. Jesus Christ. But here's the thing like, here in America, I think this is why soccer isn't so popular, which is, you know, LeBron James, right? Super freak of an athlete. He could have played multiple sports. He chose basketball because there was more of a name brand opportunity. He had a pathway to be a billionaire, which he was able to achieve, right? He probably wouldn't have that same pathway with the NFL. He would have had 10, maybe, fantastic years as an NFL star, but that's pretty much your max from a physical perspective. Whereas NBA, he markets his own brand, sneakers, clothing line, he's attached to drinks and everything else, and then all of a sudden, Mm. he can also play for 20 years versus 10. Same with baseball, dude. You know, why would you go You know, but anyways... Well, I would argue LeBron chose uh, basketball over football because in football, everybody sits on a bench. So there's that's no right. way to have like a stool a throne. that's higher yeah, than that's everybody right. else. Yeah. You know? You'd have to make a bench with like a little step up at one section. Soccer though, the only dude signing massive multi-million dollar contracts for 10 years are like Messi and Beckham, dudes from Europe or South America. Like no Americans are signing these gigantic mega contracts in soccer. So right. here in America if you're a uh, natural homegrown athlete, you know you could sign, dude. The contracts in baseball, look at these things. And and by the way, we're already outsourcing these to the Japanese, man. I mean, Otani scored a ten-year, five hundred million dollar contract, the first half a billion dollar contract in sports. You know, he just paved the way. Here we go. All right, you know. So if you're an athlete yeah, in high when, school, when right do you now, think we'll hit a billion? There's going to be a guy who hates a billion, the first billion. Absolutely. I mean, right now, I'm pretty certain LeBron James is a billionaire. I mean, he's a billionaire individual playing a a, a child's game. Yeah. It's incredible. Who? I remember it was like in our lifetime, the first guy to get a million-dollar contract. Really? I can't remember, but... I just feel like basketball and baseball, you get these incredible contracts, man. I mean, the dudes in baseball. Baseball's the greatest sport. 
If you have a kid now, just train them to be a baseball player. And my belief that the job in baseball is relief pitcher. All right. Oh yeah. Not closer. That's too much pressure. All right. Uh, relief you know who it pitcher. Was? It wasn't. When, it was before we were born. But he played after we were born. 1979, Nolan Ryan became wow. the first athlete to earn a million dollars a season when he signed with the Houston Astros. Wow. Yeah. Would have never guessed, huh? I'm glad it's him. I'm glad it's a name that we can both be like, all right, a guy who deserves the first million dollar contract. <laughs> well, the first actual, the first million dollar contract. He was the first million per year, per season. The first million dollar went to Bobby Hull uh, 10 years for a million dollars. I recall it was a big deal at the time, but then it was trumped years later by like Shaquille O'Neal's contract with the Lakers. But Jordan, when he came out of retirement, he signed, if I'm not mistaken, it was like a three-year, $33 million contract. With the Bulls? Yeah. Hmm. And so he was guaranteed something like $11 million each year on top of all the extra incentives and stuff you win when you go to the finals and all that. Uh, I could be wrong, but I remember at the time it was like a pretty kick-ass contract for the dude to just show up for three years, and that was it. And he did win three championships. I mean, those were, <laughs> those were like the three most spectacular years in Chicago sports history. Right he, for the one for that last season on the Bulls. Uh, I think this is what you're. Uh, Maybe it was 33 the season. I mean, that's what it was. No, no, that's what it was. Is he he was paid uh, in those because he was doing one year contracts after that for his final two seasons. Oh, that's wild, man. So for 96 to 97, he got 30.1 million. Oh, that's incredible, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. The, and then for the 97 98, he got 33.1. Okay, maybe that was it. It was 33 each yeah. year for three years. So, so that was a $100 million contract for three years. Yeah. Oh, wow. That, and that's what they're saying. So over his whole career, from 84 to 2003, he made $93 million, and 63 of them were in those two years. Oh, that's so crazy, <laughs> dude. But dude, that's fucking that's life, baby. You worked your way up, he you was, know. He was the greatest of all time. Yeah, that's crazy. Thirty-three million for one season of basketball. And you know what? He didn't try to own the copyright to Taco Tuesday and put the like the king emoji next to every tweet I he know. sent out. No, like he was out there gambling and banging hookers in Vegas and then playing his life out and like winning championships year after year, man. He didn't go, like, remake Naked Gun because that was O.J. Now he's going to make it, you know what I mean? Like, no, he's like, I'm going to make my own movie with my own concept. You know? Oh, man. That's so funny. I was trying to think. There were no, like, basketball players in movies before him, huh? Who, before O.J.? No, uh, who, before Jordan. I feel like maybe... Yeah, Wilt... Johnson? No, Wilt Chamberlain was, um, in Enter the Dragon. Yeah. Yeah, he fought Bruce Lee. Wilt Chamberlain, I believe, was like an actual like karate enthusiast. Hmm. I'm pretty sure he he like actually engages with the Bruce Lee in a lot of his uh in a lot of those fight scenes. And he's also Dude, could you imagine coming across a dude who's 7-7 seven, seven and can do karate? That's the most frightening <laughs> scenario I can ever imagine. 
A guy with legs like that that could just kick your head off your body? Are you kidding me? That's fucking scary, man. I know. That is... Uh... You gotta yeah, look. He was in Conan the Destroyer in '84. Yeah, he was. Right. In, no, uh, Will. Ch- well, look at Will Chamberlain. The dude just physically uh, like. How could you not cast him in movies to be like an alien or something? Yeah, he fought Arnold. That's right. That's crazy. Seriously, like, and <laughs> it's funny what we would do in those times. Like, you think of Drago and the uh, in the Sylvester Stallone Rocky movies, right? We're like, yeah, let's bring in that roided-up super Russian. It'll fight our tiny Italian guy. It'll be fantastic. <laughs> oh, the Italian guy's going to win for sure. He's American. And, dude, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, absolutely ripped, right? He He's a mountain of a man in various dimensions, but I think he's not that tall. Like, I believe he's, like, 5'10". No, he's huge. But you see that picture with him with Andre the Andre the Giant? Well, no, there's one of him next to Andre the Giant and I think Will Chamberlain, and yeah. he looks like a child, man. <laughs> I know it looks like he can just pick him up. Yeah, Arnold's six two. Oh, he's six two. Dude, <laughs> that picture of him next to Andre the Giant and Will Chamberlain <laughs> is so frightening, dude. This furthers my belief, dude. Will Chamberlain doing karate in your face? Is there anything scarier? <laughs> Will Chamberlain seven one. Oh, that's so scary, man. Two hundred seventy five pounds. Wow. A guy that size who knows how to kick your head off your body <laughs> with precision. <laughs> and Andre the Giant was seven four. Yeah, so six two next to those guys that are a foot taller than you. Holy <laughs> shit! I don't know. I don't know if he's six two. I feel like he's a little shorter than that. Like honestly, when you see the picture, Arnold looks. Like a well, tiny think, child. Andre the Giant's 14 <laughs> inches taller than him. Dude, that's a lot. Dude, how is how are there guys like Andre the Giant, man? That's so scary. I know. It makes wow. you must then believe in the the idea of these giants existing on Earth. Like, come on, dude. We <laughs> must have had giants. Like the Kandahar giant in Afghanistan who killed a bunch of those soldiers. Like that has I to guess. be true. No, I mean, even 7'4", if you come up across a guy that... Dude, me and you come across a guy that's 7'4", and we kill him in battle, we're coming home with a story about killing a giant. It's a giant story, yes. We like you slayed a believe, giant. This thing had claws like you wouldn't imagine. <laughs> the size of my face. Sad part is I heard he's a 744. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> God, that's so big. Yeah, that picture's really funny seeing them next to each other. All right, well, I guess I'm going to cool it on the giant theory then. Maybe, yeah, you could be Did you hear the uh, story size. of him, that one guy who had to drive him around, Andre the Giant? I have not, no. Apparently, like, they would get a van and take out the seats and put, like, a beanbag <laughs> chair in the back, and that's what he would sit on. Wow. Because he was too big. And then uh, he said that they were, he was ordered to bring uh, two cases of beer, and he just polished the two cases off like they were nothing. Man, that's incredible. Yeah, they said sometimes at the hotels, he would have to shit in the tub because the <laughs> toilet was too small. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is also at a time we're thinking about 40 years ago or more, and people... Oh, they didn't even have the elongated seat. Yeah, I was going like, to say... 
standard round bowl like your grandma had. You know what I mean? That shit stood 16 inches off the ground. It was a round bowl. We were still relatively descendant of our European culture and people overseas, so we were still kind of smaller in size. And, you know, think of America, how we've kind of become gigantic since then. You know, if Andre the Giant were around now, he probably would have no problem, I imagine, dropping a deucer in our <laughs> our modernized giant toilets. He's not even shopping at the big and tall anymore. That's just, right. Just, it's just like, going to Kohl's. It's like Homer Simpson putting on the clown pants and they fit perfectly. <laughs> Andre, Andre, you're not fit. Just go to America. <laughs> you know? They might put you on a swimsuit edition. I mean, honestly, I am a smaller statured individual i we about four months ago we went jean shopping and they don't even sell my jean size anymore it's over i have to no, order it on the ladies side the I, ladies department. no i i shop the kids now at this point <laughs> even the kids <laughs> oh, kids yeah. are bigger than me now man oh no the kids pants are just shorter but still fat it's crazy yeah that's right i still can't fit in the waist it's outrageous <laughs> Dude, it's hilarious in plumbing because like the a lot of people love these pants that we get from Europe. They have the they have these slots for knee pads, <laughs> so you can just wear the knee pads. You know, it's, it's really it's really convenient. And uh, the funniest part is like nobody in America. We're constantly like somebody will order them, and then just give them to somebody else because nobody in America could order the right size from Europe. You know. We got some clothing the other day from a local dispensary or whatever, uh, one of the vendor shops, and I wasn't around for it. It happened at the nighttime, and I got back in in the morning, and there was a shirt on my desk uh, from this place, and it was a large, and I laughed out loud, and I handed it to somebody else, and I said, I've never fit in a large <laughs> my entire life. <laughs> My entire life. Like, there was a time around COVID where I was eating three meals a day and just stuffing my face. I, I was fitting in some mediums at that point. You know, that was about it. What Are you a small? Oh, yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, that's right, man. Absolutely. I can't even fit a small around my neck. See what I'm saying? I can, I can maybe get one arm in a small, dude. You were telling me the other day how the extra larges always get ran out wherever you are. And- oh, no, yeah. Extra large. I'm a large, and that's like large, extra large, extra extra large. <laughs> Not people here in brag Denver, about being 2XL. That's uh, like a- here in Denver, people are fighting over the smalls and mediums, and you're stuck with the large. That's hilarious. I got to move to Denver. <laughs> that's Denver, dude. It's a different culture. But here, the men... They're more like your Timothy Chalamets and less like your uh, Arnold Schwarzeneggers uh, <laughs> and Andre the Giants, right? Chicago's more heard, your Andre the Giants. Chicago, I've heard it's like a, a regular conversation between men about how you're not a real man if you don't wear a double XL. Wow. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where we're at. And, and now, then they all have heart attacks at 45. Well, in Denver, you're only considered a man if your pronouns are she, them. Right? That's a... <laughs> That's how they do it here. <laughs> Different cultures, man. That's so sad. 
That's so sad. in different times mike and especially the millennials uh we're in in a different mindset and then think of these gen z people i i I don't even know where they're coming from which explains why nowadays man especially in this election year we need some politicians who speak for us and those below us the people uh we're kind of the generations i would say that are well we're we're suffering with the mental health, right? Young Americans are particularly vocal about this subject. But how political is the issue of mental health for Gen Z and millennials? NPR's Elena Moore breaks it down. When Democrat Joe Vogel was campaigning for Maryland state legislature, there was something he kept hearing from young people. They wanted to elect someone who was going to make student mental health a priority. Vogel won that race, and just a few weeks after entering the legislature, he introduced his first bill, which focused on relieving a portion of student debt for mental health professionals in schools. The policy passed with bipartisan support. Now, Vogel is running for Congress. At 27, if successful, he would become just the second member of Generation Z elected. Here comes David Hogg, folks. I'm warning you. And and right behind him, Leah Thomas. These people are about to run for Congress. I'm telling you. she wins the medal. We are freaking doomed, man. And part of his platform includes addressing what he calls a mental health crisis. You know, he's not running on the fixing the roads, cleaning (laughs) cleaning up the streets, getting rid of the crime and the rapists, you know, maybe get rid of the homeless, you know. No. No, none of that. No, no, no. We're talking about mental health. I'm running on mental health, man. The, the government, I've said this a hundred times before, they can throw money at a problem or they can throw the army at the problem. Wow. Your, your mental health cannot be fixed with money or the army. So the federal government has no business getting involved in your mental health. No, you're psycho, bro. I think what we need is right now, the army. I'm listening to this. You know what I realized? What we should have done years ago? We got to bring back the draft, man. It's time, dude. Everybody 18 to 25, just go harden up. We, we cannot have you seen our do army? this, man. Our army's going to turn them in. If they join the army, if we force them to join the army, then we got to pay for their transitions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Talk about military spending going up. Oh, uh, all right. All you f- go out there and fix your mental health on your own. The government can't help you. Wow. You know? All right. All I'm, right. I'm sorry you live in a world of just extreme privilege and everything's handed to you and you can get whatever you want at a moment's notice. You know? You heard it here first. I'm because I see World War Three on the horizon here. Let's just draft these people up and harden them up now. We got to stop with the feelings. Too many feelings, Mike. Mm. The army just makes them fabulous now. Right. Be all that you can be, folks. Don't forget. (laughs) Be all that you can be. Be All that she, he, they can be. Oh, yeah. Be all the fabulous that you can be. (laughs) It's a great place to get a free transition. There's a... 
there's many levels to this. Number one, the politicians running on the feelings and how we need to improve the mental health. Man, that's not your job as politician, all right? No. That's, we're failing clearly at, at the parental level and at the teaching level, but more than anything at the community level, I mean, what happened to having your neighbors and your church and your family and your friends, everybody around to partake in the you know, creating a positive environment and atmosphere for these young people. That's number one. Number two, dude, politician guy, your job is to fix the frickin' roads. Get some funding going and, and get some jobs happening and lift some restrictions so we can get business owners wanting to come in and start some business and create some labor and some opportunity, man. You know, the government lately, they're all about being in the way. Uh, get out of the way. You literally do not have the tools, the capability. You don't have the means, the motive, anything that is required to fix the mental health problem. It's not your job. You know what I mean? It's not your job, all right? Your job is to create opportunities to fix the roads. I'm obsessed with the roads. Here in Colorado, we got the shittiest roads ever. I I go down this one road where we have what would be a full lane and a spot to park is now for uh, bikes to drive by. Oh, don't even get me. It's a bike lane. Started it's a, it's, on the bike lane. It's a multi-car length bike lane. That's we what got we areas have. now where the road is one way and yes. only one side could be parked on because we put two lanes both ways for bikes. What gets what? me when I ride down these streets? Do you know who's utilizing these fabulously huge <laughs> bike lanes? Homeless dudes carting all their shit. That's we got migrants and homeless using these bike lanes. Our taxpayer dollars paid for to eliminate an extra lane to just get home during traffic. Right? God forbid people who pay their taxes and work hard for a living get home on a timely basis. No, no, no. We need an extra full lane for homeless dudes to cart their shit up and down the streets, and for people to set up yellow, uh, red coolers with tamales. That's all you got in Chicago now is fucking red coolers well, and tamales. Well, if they're good tamales, then I'm okay. I support the tamales, all right? <laughs> yeah, they're pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I buy them all the time. Stuck in traffic, you know? Yeah, right? I mean, if they come up to the window and you can pay them, like, easily, you know what I'm saying? No Well, change. you know where they get you is the guy comes by with the tamales, and then the next guy's got the Cokes, and then the next guy's got the cotton candy. You're like, all right, well, you know, I'm just going to eat this meal on my way home. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah, we got to wait. We got a weight problem, an obesity issue going on in this country, but I like the tamales. I'm happy with it. So uh, mental health, that's a major issue. And now here we go, folks. All right. Gen Z is entering the scene. We got Gen Z politics, politicians who are running based on a feeling. And it's all about a fucking feeling. They're here on a feeling and they're here to to improve your mental health. Includes addressing what he which I know, really dude, cra- I can't, like, I was, I'm about to, my head's exploding, dude. But I was just, the, the, the craziest thing is my mental health didn't start getting better until I started voting for Republicans. I literally took that red pill during COVID, and my mental health is better than it's ever been. That's right, so, if, if you never want to get COVID again, just take the red pill, you're cured for life. And if you want to fix your men- mental problems, stop listening to the Democrats. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, if you want to be happier in life, stop to- Stop waiting and depending on the government to help you and yes. do something about your life. Yes. The system, yes. You can blame the system all you want, but you're going to have to fix yourself first. The last you know? thing you want to hear is, I'm the government and I'm here to help, man. 
Oh, we used to know that. Right? You don't Man, want the government there. You don't want to depend on Big Brother. You you shouldn't be depending on anyone, in fact. Name name one thing they did right. Name one problem they actually solved. That that didn't involve war. Because there's only two things the government can do. Throw money or throw the army at the problem. We're a war machine, baby. That's what we do. We fight wars, man. Come on. That's what we're good at. It's what our government is good at. And it's how we but, make money. We pull ourselves out of depressions through war. I mean, but just name like one thing they solved. Look at how the badly they failed during COVID. That's how they handle everything. Everything. It's funny, you know? too, because when you think back on the language of COVID, we were treating it like a war. Remember the heroes on the front lines of COVID? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Right? We had the heroes on the front lines, man. They were oh, fighting they were the heroes until they didn't take the vaccine. Then they were the enemy. They're plague rats. I didn't know they were working for the other side. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Trump supporters. <laughs> Secret MAGA all along. I don't know how they infiltrated us. <laughs> Are you ready for more mental health? And, I love and it. the heroes on the front lines of mental health here? They're coming. They're gonna save us. This this weirdo and David Hogg and Leah Thomas, they're gonna save us, man. All right, here we go. He calls a mental health crisis facing young people today. The toxicity that we see on social media platforms, the fear of, of what the climate crisis is going to hold for our generation. I mean, all of these things, I think, have a unique impact. But on top of that, we're also a generation that is having to deal with this mental health crisis without adequate resources. He's blaming a fake, <laughs> impending existential crisis, <laughs> i.e. climate change, as the... <laughs> As as the point, the focal point of their mental health crisis. If you want to fix your mental health issues for, that are being caused by climate change, it's very easy. Just stop worrying about climate change because it's not a it's not a thing. It's not a thing. The problem you is know? these people fear sunshine. They got to go outside and just get some sun. You know what I'm saying? Like, just enjoy nature. Don't for use five the seconds, sunscreen. Man. Oh, did you dude. see that thing about the coral reefs? I believe they're being bleached from the sunscreen, if I'm not mistaken. Well, it turns out that uh, they're at their highest they've been in 36 years. Wow. And one of the reasons is we stopped using sunscreen around them. You don't need sunscreen. It has so nothing to do with climate change. According to you guys, the oceans are warmer than they've ever been, and the coral reefs are thriving. Well, what happened to them being bleached? Mike, you know? miraculously... Humans survived thousands of years without sunscreen. How did they survive the sun without the sunscreen? It, it's it's Frank, truly that was a miracle. Before we had hairspray, <laughs> now we have aerosol hairspray. We ruined the ozone. Now you need to protect your skin. Uh, we got to blame all the Banaka users out there. Nice job. I, I, literally, I, I literally heard that the other day from a guy who uh, was talking about climate change, and I always I just said, "What happened to that ozone problem?" And he goes, straight faced. Well, haven't you noticed we stopped using like aerosol hairsprays and stuff? Right. Okay, so that, so that, so Americans stopped using hairspray. That solved the ozone. You should have shook his hand and given him a medal. Congratulations, hero! We did it. <laughs> Thank you, you saved... for using that roll-on deodorant, hero. You know. You saved the world with your deodorant, bro. Congrat. Can I suck your dick? Congratulations. You're beautiful. <laughs> Thanks, hero. 
that's what everybody says. That's what everybody wants, man. You know, like, be, uh, you know what I'm going to start doing, actually, is I'm going to start knocking on the windows of people in their Priuses and shake their hand and be like, thank you, hero. You saved oh, the world. Oh, you should. Dude, when you're on your jog, your morning run, you see a fucking one of those f***ing flags in front of a house. <laughs> you should ring the doorbell. And, hey, I just wanted to really thank you. Thank you for being a hero, putting up that, <laughs> putting up that flag. It took a lot of courage to go we, with something that's just following the trends. We ruined hero. The, the pandemic ruined hero. I, when we described every nurse as a hero, and then every... You know what killed it was... The, the bag boy over at the grocery store became a hero in the oh, neighborhood. He was, he, was Frank, a hero. he was a hero, but the Marine that fought in war and didn't want to take a vaccine. <laughs> Plague rat. I enemy just, of the people. The guy, the retard bagging groceries and grabbing the carts, man, he's the hero on the front <laughs> lines of the pandemic, bro. I couldn't believe the language we were using, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? The the guy with Down syndrome who grabs the the carts in the lot. He's the hero. Hero, man. Get out of here. We ruined hero. Hero became racist. It was unbelievable. It was so- like, okay, well, everyone's racist. Everyone's a hero now. Even the retard grabbing the carts is a hero. Like, it's game over for these words, man. The best part was everyone saying it was, it was some asshole that's making six, seven figures sitting at home. You know, I mean, working from home, <laughs> working remotely. Oh, yeah. you went to you went to work for fourteen dollars an hour to collect carts. You are a hero. No, bitch, I just can't do my job from home. <laughs> Not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> Some of them have Down syndrome and wear the apron at the grocery store. <laughs> I know, dude. Our hospitals were so overrun, the nurses were the true heroes on the front line fighting the battle. But they had enough time for TikTok videos. <laughs> Plenty of time for TikTok videos with choreographed <laughs> dancing, you know? Oh, man. Heroes, dude. That's the problem, man. Maybe that's why nobody really wanted to join the military. Nobody wanted to be all that you could be because... We, we changed the meaning of hero. Now, you're a hero if you work at the grocery store or if you're a nurse, right? Uh, it, it doesn't really mean anything to be a hero <laughs> working, in, you know, being in the army. Yeah, why would I join the army? I could just go to Jules. <laughs> yeah. Nobody salutes me or thinks of me as a hero if I'm risking my life defending the freedom of America and the Constitution. No, I could just be a hero by bagging groceries at the King Supers. Oh, yeah, you're actually an idiot if you're out there risking your life for American freedom. We're going <laughs> to hand it over just for the fucking false sense of security. You know what I mean? Actually, we already handed over our freedom without anybody even realizing it or blinking an eye. We signed the treaty with the WHO. Yeah, most people... We have no freedom. Most people don't understand this. Can you maybe uh, expand on what that means, essentially? Uh, I, I know you and I have harped on it privately quite a bit, but... I, I, if I'm not mistaken, we basically gave the permission to lock down America to the World Health Organization. The WHO has the power to lock us down and force us to take vaccines. It will no longer be a mandate that came down from our government. Technically It'll speaking. Be our government enforcing the will of the world. Who were wrong about every single thing that came out of COVID. Even the very beginning, they predicted the millions of people dying. That came from a fucking report from some college kids. It's crazy. Oh, it's so crazy. So yeah, they could lock us down again, and uh, through the who? So 
does this mean we wouldn't have a DeSantis individual or moment, somebody who could, on a state level, be like, nope, I'm standing up to not only the United States now, but also the World Health Organization? Or would they be able to send the UN soldiers on, you know, to the beaches of Florida? I don't think you would even be able to... Because now it's like a world, it's a treaty. It's like an international treaty. So we don't it follow would supersede your state freedoms and your state rights, right? When's the last time America followed stuff like the Geneva Convention? Oh, we follow it. Do we? Oh, that's why, dude. That's why we lost so many people in Iraq and Afghanistan. Well, that was what. That's what was stopping our soldiers from doing their job. Are we technically allowed to do what? we've been known to be doing over there at the Guantanamo Bay? What are we doing? Well, aren't we doing the, uh, you know, the torture and the cock meat sandwiches and all that? If I'm... Oh, well, within the... Yeah, within the Geneva, Geneva Convention. Geneva yeah. Convention doesn't say you can't torture them. It just limits what methods you could use. Oh, and that's, that's why we did the... Remember the whole waterboarding thing? Yes, and this was Abu Ghraib, if I'm not mistaken, which was, this was some sort of prison holding facility that we had put together there where, in uh, Afghanistan or... I think it was Afghanistan. Iraq, I think it was Afghanistan. Abu Ghraib was not funny, it's horrific, but some of the images are kind of humorous. You got the lady with the cigar in her mouth and the thumbs up, (laughs) right? Remember that? It's borderline cartoonish. Creepy imagery, though, out of that whole uh, scenario. The Abu Ghraib. Yeah, but what do you expect? It's war. So the waterboarding, we... It was in Iraq. I believe we determined the waterboarding was legit, right? Wasn't that like... I think um, it's it's acceptable in the Geneva Geneva Convention. Part of the rise to fame within the ranks of the political communities or maybe in the military naval world uh for Ron DeSantis was his job as a lawyer at the Guantanamo Bay. And I believe he yeah, was... he had the best job ever. What what was his gig again? He was de- he was de- he was uh I think he was defending the to- torture. The torturer. Yeah. Right, yeah, so... Or or was he defending the men? I can't remember. No, so here's what I'm imagining. You had the torture going on, and behind this, like, glass, you know, mirror or whatever, two-way, you had DeSantis and his team of lawyers, and, you know, the torturer would walk up to the torture-e, right, and he'd probably clamp on the electric, uh, you know, uh, battery chargers to his nipples, Right, and then he, and then <laughs> right before he clamps him to the nipples, though he turns and looks at Desantis, you know, and then Desantis uh, holds his fist up, and he either goes thumbs up or thumbs down, <laughs> right? Desantis goes thumbs up, and then he clamps the nipples, baby. <laughs> yeah, go. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's where my imagination goes with that scenario. <laughs> wow to be fair the publicly released records of his service in the navy were redacted just sanctimonious yeah citing a personal privacy exception to the freedom of information wow so they will not disclose in full detail what his duty was as a jag lawyer there at the guantanamo bay when we happen to be doing these 
wild and wacky torture activities with our uh, jailed jihadists. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. All right, man, yeah. Okay. Well, he, he'll be president. I hope everyone's excited. <laughs> no, <laughs> he's not part of the CIA, so I don't think he's got a chance. Yeah. You know, when you kind of look at the whole uh, CIA and FBI and maybe even the potential battle between the two, right? Uh, maybe DeSantis will be the signaling of the victory of the FBI. You know what I'm saying? Oh, or maybe the Navy's throwing its hat in the ring. Oh, we got a little trifecta going on here. Yeah. A little DOD <laughs> going after the DOJ. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. That's you right. Know, we got two Ds in our name. Uh, double dose of this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, speaking of Secret Services and all that jazz, a little nugget came out over the weekend, which I found fascinating. I've been following the guy for quite some time. I think he's an interesting fella. Are you familiar with Gad Sad? Yeah, dude, I couldn't believe this. This is shocking and, stuff, and, man. And apparently he couldn't believe it more than me. Well, he couldn't believe people read his book. If I'm to understand the interview he took with this guy. No, this is the funniest part is somewhere in his book, he admits he's a Mossad agent. And he even says in the interview, like he's been going on interview after interview. Nobody brought it up. Nobody actually reads these fucking books. That's the reality. Yeah. Yeah, we're too dumb to read. So Gad said, admitted, Mossad agent. Man, this yeah. is crazy stuff. And then, you know, come on. Far-fetched to think of Epstein and Ghislaine uh, Maxwell, daughter of Mossad agent. Like, folks, the whole media. You know, we were just joking and riffing on the fact that uh, Putin just kind of, you know, very casually tossed out the fact uh, that Tucker Carlson tried to be in the CIA, allegedly was rejected, right? Just like Anderson Cooper was rejected. Sure, okay. They're, the Two of the top most well-known journalists on Fox News and CNN never actually worked for the CIA. Okay, thanks. All right. No, I got a, I got a bridge applied. to sell you. <laughs> they, they, they applied, applied. They didn't get in, and then they just happened to be at the top of this. They happened to settle in at their just, you know, laid-back regular guy jobs as the top anchors as the two top <laughs> competing, two top competing primetime <laughs> news agencies <laughs> in the world. <laughs> Tucker was then following a guy who was for sure CIA. I just love this. You had Tucker versus Anderson Cooper, same time slots, opposing channels, right? Uh, just happened to be not what the CIA was looking for. So they settled, <laughs> settled for being the number one anchors on the number one channels for both sides. Get their news. Get the fuck out of here. It literally man. just uh, screams the departed. Yes, bring, exactly. uh, Leo into the room. Yes. Like, You're never going to be a statey. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy to me. Like, man, the, the government, it's state media people, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC. It is all state-run media. 
Come on. Oh, yeah. oh it's crazy. Uh, so, and if you need further proof, right, here we go. Gad Sad, a guy who's uh, often on Democracy Now!, a dude who... Oh, he's th- on all the left-wing on Twitter. He's constantly blowing shit up. He's dude. everywhere. Everybody on both sides loves Gad Sad. Well, now we know why. So I kind of couldn't believe it in the book. You, you let the cat out of the bag. You're, you're actually a Mossad agent. <laughs> oh, you know, you are the first person on my media tour to actually either have read that far into the book or to mention it. I thought it would be the top story in every show. It's, I mean, this is serious. This is serious stuff. And most people, you know, they're not, they're not as candid about this stuff, you know? I, I thought that maybe I had extended this uh, statute of limitation. This should show you guys, uh, this, is a, this is probably a side. This is an, yes. a psyop from Within the itself. Mossad. Yes, they're trying yes. to see... We're going to put it out there. We're going to see how long it takes the people to even realize it. You're psycho, you know? bro. Th- this reminds me of Sinbad never having that genie movie. And then he's like, actually, yes. we did. Dude, it's there. Yes. These tiny They're little testing tests. testing us. Well, he even, I cut it. I had to chop this up because he, he drops awesome little bombshells within it. But I cut out the part where he goes in depth of the three tests that he does. Right where he has the hidden gun, and and then he talks about how within the second test he believed, looking back on it now, there was a hidden like third test within it. You know, like it, it's just, yeah. oh man. Uh, now let's talk about nine eleven. All right, so um... <laughs> <laughs> they won't come after me at this point. Uh, do you want me to tell that story? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that actually is something that I discuss in the in the. If I were the reporter, my play. first question was, "You're Mossad." Okay, I just got one question. What's with the tunnels? What's oh, with the tunnels in New my York? God. <laughs> Excuse me? Yes. <laughs> Never forget, people. What is with those tunnels, man? What happened? So you have some insider info there, Gad. Uh, can you describe to me in detail what were those <laughs> Brooklyn tunnels all about, please? He's, Nobody he's will like, give he's, he's like, well, Frank, I know. You want to hear about the aliens. No, nah, not the aliens. <laughs> I don't care about aliens. Can I? Can you give me some info on the soiled mattress, please? I care about Epstein. I want that. The, 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 what was that mattress? Why did they fill it with concrete? <laughs> Just tell us about the mattress. All right, the soiled mattress, please. <laughs> did the Jews dig it wearing those hats the whole time? I mean, that's the most incredible part. They did, came out of that tunnel so clean. Did they use the hats for the digging? Is that what they're used for? <laughs> or am I mistaking everything here? Am I just wildly confused? <laughs> For a group of people that seems very uh, peculiar about their uh, air quality. <laughs> Are the tunnels why you opened up the border at the south with Texas? Is this why uh, we needed all these migrants coming here? You needed diggers. I said diggers. <laughs> We're gonna, we'll have to get the sound team to really amp up the volume on the D there. All right, just just to make it clear. <laughs> It's a D. Oh, that's funny. They're expecting, uh, you know, like South American Hispanics, and then all of a sudden they see all these people from Africa, and he goes, no, I said diggers! Diggers! <laughs> let, the, let the diggers in! God that was it. a crucial, crucial letter you <laughs> misunderstood there, my friend. <laughs>
Goddamn autocorrect got me again. <laughs> I wanted diggers. We're not doing anything over chat GPT anymore. All right, that's the last <laughs> that's the last text message over chat GPT. <laughs> they warned me and said it was racist. <laughs> It's too good. (laughs) Oh, yeah. All right. Let's see. This is how Masad does it. They uh, get you to talk about something else. It's a fun way to distract you. Here we go. Cad said he's a Masad agent. You know, living your life with a playful mindset. Now, you might say, how does the Masad fit with play? Well, so when I was about 18 years old, I had a cousin who uh, had come from uh, Israel who said, hey, you know, I, I have a friend of mine who would like to meet you, uh, to chat with you. I'm thinking, what, for what purpose? So, oh, you know, he'll talk to you. So I meet this gentleman. He says, oh, there are some guys who would uh, like to meet you and see if you're interested in working with them. And so I meet these gentlemen who don't introduce themselves as being Mossad agents or whatever. They say, oh, you know, we're, we're interested in checking the, uh, the, uh, the quality of our security at, in various environments. Would you be interested in being the person? We want to see how to sneak these box cutters onto these airplanes. You want to help <laughs> us out, Gad? Nothing, for nothing in particular. Right? Just box you know cutters. To fly? I don't care if you can land. You know, <laughs> <but>. <laughs> we need someone who can just fly a plane, you know, and turn it around and then just fly it into something. <laughs> if you don't know how, just find us a school in Florida. That'll do. <laughs> does some of these tests for us. I said, okay, tell me more. Because... And again, I'm speculating here, but I think it's on solid ground. I'm kind of the, 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 the dream of uh, the Mossad and associated agencies because I'm the Lebanese Jew who's a perfect Arabic speaker who left Lebanon. The most famous case uh, of, in the Israeli spy game is someone named Eli Cohen who was executed by the Syrians. Having Jesus Christ, Putin putting me to sleep here. I didn't need a 30-minute history lesson. <laughs> ...thanks of uh, Syrian society, who, because he was a perfect Arabic speaker, was <laughs> Lesbian able... Lesbian Jew. I love dude, Sean. <laughs> he kind of... He is like the... He, he's the, the Timothy Chalamet of the Le- Lebanese Jews, right? Lebanese or lesbian? Either way. I don't want that kind of Jew. You know? <laughs> no, this is good. I, I got the goods on this. Infiltrate the high society of, of, of uh, Syria. And so I can't know for sure that that's where I was heading, but it certainly seemed as though they were testing me. And then there was a third uh, mission, which apparently I was told I shouldn't speak too much about it based on the legal review of my book from my publisher, but where I was going to go on a third mission that kind of raised the stakes of what I was being tested on. And as I tell in the book, uh, what ended it is something that the Mossad is apparently very afraid of, and that's the angry Jewish mother. Oh, he ends on an angry Jewish mother joke. Yes. Uh. So uh, he starts to diffuse it and goes away from it. Um, Reality being, he's always been a Mossad agent. He didn't yes. stop being a Mossad agent, just like Tucker Carlson didn't try out for the CIA and just didn't make the cut and then just landed on being one of the top 
uh, anchors on Fox News. Likewise, after being on CNN. Likewise, with Anderson Cooper, who just he just went to a a journalism school at the CIA for one year, decided it wasn't for him, and just went to work at the C- CNN. No, man, this is <laughs> these are CIA agents, dude. This guy's a Mossad agent. They're agents. They don't just walk away once you <laughs> go do it. Frank, you're you in, retired. Man. You heard it. He retired. <laughs> Waited for the statute of limitation. Like, <laughs> talk about it. Mossad, Frank, come on. What do you know? It's a much longer interview. I watched a good chunk of it, and all I could think of is, what are you dying of, Gad? Because there's no way you're about to. <laughs> he must be like, he must have cancer or something, and he's on the last leg. He's like, okay, what now I'm going to What is he dying of? He's dying of plutonium on a doorknob. It's called a. Soon to come. It's called a shellfish bullet that dissolves into your bloodstream after they shoot it into you. The heart attack gun. The heart attack gun, man. Uh, I I found this to be so fantastically interesting. Yes, it was a snoozer, no doubt about it. A snoozer on purpose, just like the Putin interview. Uh, When it's important, they want it to be boring. They want you to pass it over. They want you to be thinking about Travis Kelsey proposing to Taylor Swift after he wins the (laughs) Super Bowl. Like, let's say even you were retired, even let's say you had no connection. You don't, you don't even talk to anybody from this, from the CIA or whatever now. Right. Yeah. Dude, I've been out of the army for 15 years and I was only in for three and a half. Even today, you could just toss me, you just toss me into a platoon. I'll give, I'll it'll take me a day or two, but I guarantee you I get right back into it. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. Certain, certain things don't leave you. I've been you know? dipping into a lot of books recently. Um, the Bush family's association with the CIA, and then also um, the Chaos book, where with the Manson and the MK Ultra and all that. And it just seems like there are all sorts of players who are in the mainstream, if you will, that coincidentally happen to have these associations with these three-letter alphabet agencies. And the more you dig through history, especially stretching back to the 50s and 60s all the way to now, it starts to be more apparent that when it comes to presidents and the media, actors, anyone who's prominent and famous and influential on any level... These are individuals who are in some degree influenced by these alphabet agencies. And it's pretty yeah, much undeniable. Not just in America either. That's worldwide. It's worldwide, man. Absolutely. What was creepy about the Putin in- interview was where he, with a smile on his face and glee in his eye and laughter between the words, described how <clears throat> it doesn't matter who wins the presidency in America. He never cares about the elections. Why would he meddle? Yeah. They're actors, buffoons, cartoon characters. They're there performing the circus on TV for all the mouth breathers out there just you know soaking in all the information and all the bullshit entertainment. And it doesn't matter. Trump, Biden, he even says it. Well, he you know, guys like Bush and Trump were a little more agreeable and easier to get along with versus guys like Obama and Biden and what have you, but it never really matters, does it, right? And you got to ask yourself, why, though? Why? And it's because 
They wanted to start a war. Yes, absolutely. Donald Trump wanted to make deals. He is the guy that wants to deal, you know? For sure. And Obama and uh, Biden, they just want to start wars. I mean, even Mitch McConnell, dude, that clip I sent you was crazy. Where even Mitch McConnell yes. admits the money we're sending to Ukraine is not really going to Ukraine. That's right. It's going dude. to American contractors. That's right. It's literally just a gift from the government to like Boeing and Raytheon. It's a racket, dude. We're making money. We're creating jobs. All right. We got business oh, going 10% on. 10% is going to the big guy. Yeah, don't Come forget about And somewhere out there, we got a fourth laptop, people. You know it, man. We got that. <laughs> That Hunter laptop just waiting in the wing with the real goods, right? <laughs> I love how we got three laptops. They're like, nah, don't look at those. But someday <laughs> we'll find evidence of a P tape. <laughs> did you see? Someday. Did you see Trump Jr. try to grow that beard to hide his weak chin? Unbelievable! What a loser! <laughs> He's practically not even a man. <laughs> what a loser! <laughs> It's not even a man. Three laptops with incredibly damning evidence of illicit drug use, having a gun illegally, traveling around the world banging underage prostitutes from our adversaries' countries, Chinese underage hookers, uh, Russian, Ukrainian. I mean, we're not even tapping into his illegal business partnerships. <laughs> to be fair, Frank, who could turn down an underage Chinese hooker? hooker? You know what I'm saying, Swalwell? Yeah, where are my Swalwells at? Absolutely, man. <laughs> Have you seen these underage Chinese hookers? Man, and come who, on. Who can turn down Molly Obama and using her credit card to break up some coke? Come on, dude. <laughs> that picture's the out there. The sad part is he's not a real man. Y'all should look at Mitch McConnell. You fuck an underage Chinese hooker, you do the right thing and marry her. You marry that you know woman and then kowtow her father's businesses for the rest of your life. <laughs> then you help her father infiltrate America through TikTok and other companies. Come on! <laughs> Be a real man about it. You pa- know? Patriotism, people. It's all about being a true American patriot. <laughs> <laughs>